We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello! Welcome to episode number 22 of Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Turner. I am managing editor at pigslookin.org and the mother of a three-year-old. It's again, it's been a it's been a bad week. <laughs> um, but I am joined today by a fellow mom, uh, mm-hmm. Christy Weckner, who works at Groundspeak. And we will be talking to her later about what Groundspeak is and what they do. And I am joined, as always, by, <laughs> by the wonderfully amusing and talented Simone de Rochefort. Thank you. Oh, you have nothing mean to say about me. I, I knew it. it. Even though you said something mean before we came down here. I did. And I'm I proud of myself. It. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was. I don't remember either. Um and then also today we're joined by Keezy Young, who is another wonderful Pixel, Pixelkin staffer, but also a youngin like Simone. Uh, Linda, who is normally on the podcast, is not here this week because she's in San Francisco at the Digital Kids Summit learning all about smart toys. She's probably playing with the like talking Barbie yeah. that has like Siri inside it. Not actually Siri, but <laughs> yeah, like I, these things are so cool. Like I'm always wanting to get things for Anna. Like, like, but they're all t- like too old. Like she's not old enough. Yeah, yeah. to do them because like last year I saw the Osmo. I'm like, oh, the Osmo, that would be so cool. I, oh my, yeah, I'm so excited. And then about it's the Osmo. like, she's, there's no way she's gonna be able to do that. <laughs> Maybe we could, you know, buy it, and you know, she might be able to do it now. Um, but so if yeah, not now, then soon, I bet, because yeah. those games aren't. And they're, like, really – a lot of them are so interactive anyway, so she might have fun with them. And there's, like, the drawing one that they just released yeah. where you're just filling in lines on pictures and stuff. I bet she could do that. <laughs> yeah, she probably could too. Does she well, like drawing? Uh, sort of. As long as it, it involves cakes and frosting, <laughs> <laughs> then she likes drawing. So, um, so yeah. Um, <laughs> So let's start things off like we always do with some news. So Apple, Apple had their special event today and there were some big announcements. Simone, tell us about the Apple announcements. Okay, so it's been rumored for a long time that they were going to come out with a new Apple TV. And recently it was started being rumored that gaming would be a big part of the new Apple TV. So they confirmed today with the announcement of the new Apple TV that it will have a totally new remote control, which is Actually, a lot like the Wii mode, it includes a gyroscope and an accelerometer, so it can like sense how fast it's moving and at what angle. And it has the top part of it is um, t- a touch surface made of glass, so kind of like your iPhone. You swipe across it and tap it to put in commands to the TV. And it will have an app store just like the iPhone. And the um, TV OS is actually available for developers to play around with right now. So some of the games that they're having on launch, I believe, are Disney Infinity 3.0. Of which course. Big, is actually a big surprise to me. But, I, I mean, it's really smart of them to do that because the Apple TV isn't really a gaming device per se. They're really trying to break into that. But I think the biggest market for it will be, you know, 
well-off middle-class families who are buying it to watch TV. The gaming is kind of incidental. So I think that if, yeah, you know. And Disney is the one that they're going to recognize. Exactly. And be like, oh, you know, my daughter likes, fr- were there frozen ones? I think there were frozen ones on the last. Yeah, they, they have some, they have Anna and Elsa from Frozen. They have yeah. freaking off. <laughs> but no, I can totally see, you know, a family who doesn't want to invest in a console being like, yeah. oh, well, we have Apple TV. Oh, gosh, they, they have Disney Infinity for that. I guess we can get that for you now. Yeah. Um, they had the Inside Out figures and Toys R Us the oh, other yeah. day. We went to Toys R Us. To, we always, Isaac's <laughs> like, let's go to Toys R Us and get Anna more Play-Doh. And I'm like, okay, but we never leave with just Play-Doh. <laughs> um, but I was trying to, like, shield her from the Inside Out characters because oh, no. she loves Inside Out. And she would freak out about it and be like, I want to go over there and look at it. And she'd be like, I went that, I went that. So I'm, like, I'm, like blocking her at the back of the car. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, let's, Isaac, let's move out of the gaming section. Let's leave. Yes. So. <laughs> it sheds a whole new light on my childhood Toys R Us trips. I didn't know that yeah. it was, like, a, a strategy stealth mission with mom. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the, the stealth mission is if you have to buy birthday presents for other oh. kids, which I have to do a lot. You don't take your kid with you. <laughs> Just don't. Then you can get in, get the present, and get out. Otherwise, it's going to be, Mommy, can I have this? Mommy, let's look at that. Mommy. like. <sighs> and I'm sorry I interrupted you. So oh, more, no, it's okay. more Apple TV. More <laughs> Apple. There's always going to be more Apple TV. So that Disney Infinity 3.0 is one of the games they're going to have on there. Rayman Adventures. And then one of the interesting things that they're doing um, – oh, and the new uh, Guitar Hero game. But one of the really interesting things that they're doing is bringing a couple of multiplayer titles to it, which I think is a really good idea because I, I wrote a, uh, sort of an editorial about this this week. I don't think that the Apple TV is – should at all be compared to the iPhone in terms of, like, opening up a new market to gaming. Like, the iPhone really revolutionized that whole sphere by bringing mobile games to tons of people. These are the people who might buy the Apple TV, but these are not the people who are going to be playing games on a television. They're people who, like, might be watching TV and playing a game on their phone. But these aren't people who are used to kind of monopolizing a television and playing games on it. So I, I don't think that it's going to bring a ton of new people in that way. However... Uh, games like Crossy Road are coming to Apple TV, yeah. and they're actually introducing a multiplayer component to Crossy Road. Is it Angry Birds? Uh, it hasn't been announced, but I would uh, not be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see how you could not bring Angry Birds to that platform. Definitely. I mean, it has a touch and everything. It, that'd be interesting. Yeah. And if it can, like, do the motion, like, you could pull your arm, like, the slingshot, you could pull your arm back. Oh, totally. Then... Well, that makes me just want it on the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Crossy Road is coming, um, and then uh, there's a new game from Harmonix called Beat Sports, which is a music kind of rhythm motion game where you're hitting balls back at robots that are or robots and aliens that are throwing balls at you, and you have to hit them back on the beat. That one looks really freaking hard because you have to swipe uh, on the touch surface with your thumb to move your character back and forth, but then you're also swinging the remote to hit the balls mm. and I'm like that that is a whole I'm gesturing right now y'all can't yeah. see me out there in the the podcast well, sphere but. I wonder if it's one of those things where like once you once it just clicks like at mm-hmm. one point which happened to me with Fantasia like, oh yeah you know that's a crazy crazy control control scheme but 
it just clicks at some point and you that, completely know what to that's do. That's true, but it's all gesture based and it's all kind of like natural motions. Whereas I think swiping with your thumb while waving your arm is a kind those are kind of contrary yeah. gestures to me. However, I will I love harmonics, so I will reserve judgment. Yes, I was very this. surprised to yeah. to see I that mean, they were doing them. a game for this. Yeah. yeah. And just the the general like hitting things to the beat thing. Like even so you know, besides Rock Band and Fantasia, like one of the first games that Harmonics got known for was a game called Amplitude, which was very – it was like PlayStation, just very like you're yeah. tapping the different buttons as as the different things come. So. And they're bringing that back, aren't they? Yes. Eventually. It's coming to PS4. Hey. Isaac and I backed it on Kickstarter. Nice. Yes. All right. So I think that I think that's pretty much everything on Apple TV. Uh, joining in, uh, the main player plays with the remote, the new remote, which is awesome. Uh, it looks so much better than the old remote for the Apple TV. But then other players can join in with um, iPhones, iPads, iPod Touches, things like that, and use those as the controllers. So that's really cool. It kind of reminds me of what Comcast was talking about doing with their game streaming and all, using all mobile devices as controllers. Um, so obviously Apple... Yeah. It's their proprietary stuff, so I think they're going to do it better than Comcast would. But. Yeah. Well, you know, my favorite game from PAX, Eon Alter, used oh, to phone yeah. as controllers. Um, and that's with PC, but they said they were wanting to bring it to Xbox One. So well. we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, and apparently Apple TV will work with um, third-party controllers. There was one advertised on their website, but I do not remember what the brand name is, unfortunately. Oh, they're mm. actually going to work with third-party. That's I know. very interesting <laughs> for Apple to do, where if you buy, like, a charging cord that is not an Apple cord, it just it does work. not work. <laughs> Yeah. So. Well, they are turning over a new leaf. They talked a lot about they they were showing Microsoft stuff on the iPad wow. Pro at the Apple event today. So that is a big step for them. Yeah. Well, Microsoft started releasing their stuff on iPhone a little while mm-hmm. ago. Like Outlook is there, and yeah, Word is yeah. there. And, um, so yeah, so that's that's interesting. It's very interesting to see those guys working together, mm-hmm. especially if you know the well. Everybody knows that they're kind of competitors, but mm-hmm. lots of people I think don't know the whole story behind it. And there's a wonderful movie called Pirates of Silicon Valley that gives you the history behind oh, I seen that. Microsoft and Apple, and right. more specifically. Uh, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. So um, <laughs> their torrid love affair. I'm right? sorry, yeah. R.A.P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but that's a great movie. Okay, it was like a TV made for TV thing, and like Noah Wiley is Steve Jobs. So all right, I don't know. Cool. Whatever. I'm it was a good it. movie. It's you know gives you some knowledge about what went on uh, back in the '70s when all this was you know starting to happen. Nice. Um, oh, and it, uh, you can check out pixelkin.org if you want the inform- more information on the guts of the new Apple TV, which is apparently just called the new Apple TV because they really are taking a leaf out of Nintendo's book there with yes. the naming conventions. Um, and then also the prices are there as well. Unfortunately, I didn't write them down, but it's like $200, two, I, mean, I think. Yeah, I think you, you said the, $199 and $249 for the bigger There's a one. 64 gig for, yeah, for the cheaper price and then a 128 gig for more. <laughs> hey, look, I remembered what Thank you wrote you. because I don't remember anything because I have a child. <laughs> Chrissy, can you back me up on this? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's see what else is going on. This is tiny news. It may not even be news. So Pikmin 4. I love Pikmin. Courtney loves Pikmin. We've been waiting for Pikmin 4 to come out and Miyamoto 
gave an interview where he said it was almost done. Ooh. And then Nintendo came out and said, we can confirm it is in development, but we cannot uh-huh. give you a release date. <laughs> so, yeah, so Nintendo. It exists. Yeah. They're doing um, damage control there. I wonder how much damage control they end up having to do when Miyamoto just gives these <laughs> interviews and, like, just says whatever he wants to say. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so let's see. So Internet of Things, that's back to the smart toys thing. Like I had never heard about this until Linda wrote about it. So that they call it Internet of Things, which is connectivity between toys and computers and mm-hmm. everything that you could think about. And that's kind of back to the smart toys thing. And Linda uh, surmised that it is taking over the world <laughs> in which she had a movie of the – Talking Barbie. The Talking the Barbie, thing. which hopefully they have updated so that it no longer sends chat logs to parents because that was really screwed up. <laughs> That's yeah. scary. I know, right? Yeah. Mm. Although, like, Barbie is really aimed at young kids. Yeah. So I don't imagine there's going to be anything terrible in the in the chat logs. I actually think yeah. that they would probably be hilarious because <laughs> – you know, just listening to my daughter just, like, try to talk to Siri is hilarious. Like, and she doesn't know. Like, she doesn't care. But, I mean, that I don't know. That is adorable. Maybe <laughs> she will know, when though. she's seven. But I don't think she'll be playing with Barbies. I feel like I feel like seven is a, a, a target age for Barbies. I don't – do you know, Christy? It's younger. <laughs> it is younger? It is younger. For a talking one, though? Yeah. I stopped playing with Barbies when I was probably about seven. Huh. Yeah. So All right. uh, I could see that. It seems like kids always want something that's older. A little more. Yeah. Yeah. And the things that, that were like seven or eight, like when I was younger, they, they keep moving down. So. All right. What we've come back to is I have no concept of how old <laughs> children are. Yes. <laughs> or I what don't. ages mean. <laughs> or how frightening it is that some of these things are marketed to really young kids. Yeah. But I won't get into that. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, whatever ooh, news. Castle Kingdom, Crashers. Castle Crashers, Kingdom Hearts, whatever. Castle Crashers Remastered came out today for Xbox One. They basically upgraded all the graphics and made it easier to find multiplayer matches. And they have a new game mode that I played at PAX Prime called Back Off Barbarian, which was super fun. I played it at PAX Prime. They were showing it on an arcade machine, which was great. But it was also really hard. They basically had colored buttons, like, in all the typical colors of the Xbox controller and uh, you would have to press a button that corresponded with the arrow and the direction you wanted to move but the arrows were not facing like if if I wanted to go up the arrow wouldn't be facing up it'd just be the right color but the arrow would be facing like right or left or whatever so it was very it was definitely a brain bender I don't think it's going to be like that in the the console version but it was still super fun because I mean no matter what you did you're kind of bad at it because you're just kind of button mashing and trying to get away from these barbarians that were going to squash you um, and I saw dad and his sons playing it together, and they were just screaming their heads off and having an <laughs> awesome time. Um, so Castle Crashers is is really fun. Um, it is. I love the behemoth. Everything they do is just hilarious and inane. So that is out today. And if you have Castle Crashers, uh, the old version of it, I believe you have a free upgrade, like, till the end of the month to get the remastered version. Nice. And then after that, that, yeah, after that, if you have Xbox Live Gold, it's, like, $5. So, but, I mean, it's free now. So do that. Yes. And then if some, for some reason, you miss it. Now I'm trying to remember if we have that on 360 or PS3. Oh, no. Well, do they, did it come out for PlayStation 3 or... I have no idea. Maybe not. 
I don't think so. Hmm. Our PS, I don't know. <laughs> honestly, our PS3 and our Xbox 360, for the most part, were kind of interchangeable yeah. when we had them. Cause, Interesting. Like, we would buy big games for both. Like, we bought Portal for the PS3. We didn't play it on 360. Yeah. Um, or Portal 2. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. And then Fallout 4 we bought for PS3. We already had this conversation <laughs> on the podcast. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, I guess I'll... <laughs> I can't boot up my PS3 because it's not hooked up, and I do not want to deal <laughs> with the uh, the mass of wires that exists <laughs> in our TV setup. You know, um, as many new tech announcements come out every year, I will never be truly as excited as I will be the day that they announce yes. that everything is wireless. <laughs> wireless. Yes, God, please. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, so hopefully I got it on 360 and I'll just look that up. Uh, so let's see. Ubisoft. This is a pretty fun one. Oh. Ubisoft is making a theme park. They're making a theme park all just about for me. gaming. <laughs> and the picture that we saw had a rabbit in it. <laughs> Remember well, these things? Well, that's from a theme park called Futuroscope in France, oh. which I have actually been to. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a funny theme. You know, it's one of those theme parks where it's a lot of like the um, 40 movies and stuff. And kind of science experiments and things like that. And the rabbits uh, exhibit there is basically an attraction where it's like a time machine and you watch a, a video and it's going back in time through these interactive kind of dioramas. Um, that's one thing that Ubisoft did. And then now they're making a whole theme park. I think it's about 10,000 square feet in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. And it's going to open in 2020. And Malaysia. it will that's have Assassin's Creed stuff. That's an interesting <laughs> destination. Apparently, it is the one of the, if not the most visited, like one of the most visited countries in Asia. Huh. And it has a like bursting middle class. So, and I, it's definitely there are a lot of really interesting theme parks in Asia. So I think it's a good, a good fit. I don't know what the gaming culture is like there at all. A um, lot of mobile. I know that. Like a lot of yeah, East Asia and Southeast Asia is yeah, it's mobile. Interesting because. I, you know this better than me, probably. Consoles aren't really part of the gaming ecosystem there, right? Not as much, no. Yeah. So that's I mean, good like for China, tourism. they only just yeah. allowed consoles back, so yeah. it doesn't. <sighs> but yeah, yeah, it will be. I imagine there will be Assassin's Creed stuff. There's also, um, I mean, they have. you think it'll be the obstacle course? I really, I really, I really <laughs> want the obstacle course. Oh, my God. I have wanted to do the stupid Assassin's Creed obstacle course for like two years now, ever since I found out about it at Comic-Con. And they always bring it to Comic-Con and never to PAX Prime. Um, so, yes, I, I will be, look for me in 2020. I will be in Malaysia, probably sweating my face off, <laughs> running an Assassin's Creed obstacle course repeatedly like a hamster in a wheel because I am a slave to Ubisoft. I'll be there filming it. Yes. <laughs> That's all I ask. Taking pictures, drawing pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she'll do it enough that I'm sure you'll be able to get great drawings yeah, yeah. of it. <laughs> Simone sweating Simone on the art. Assassin's Creed yeah. course. Oil on canvas. 2020. <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, gosh. Wow. Uh, do we want to talk about the Kingdom Hearts stuff? Oh, I don't think I okay. can stop you. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, there is an interesting a Kingdom Hearts fan site found a LinkedIn profile from a game developer in Osaka who uh, was reportedly working not only on Kingdom Hearts 3 for the past 10 months, but also on something called Kingdom Hearts 2.9, which was not 
ever officially announced. It was on uh, Square Enix's schedule at E3, and then it was removed very surreptitiously, and everyone was like, <laughs> was that a mistake or what? Uh, but it is apparently a real thing. Still, as far as I know, no announcements about it. But, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, someone at Destructoid, and I am so sorry, Joe Parlock, theorized that it might be them bringing uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 to PlayStation since they have not done that yet. And Kingdom Hearts 3 is only going to be PS4 and Xbox One. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like if, you know, somebody's getting into that now, they would have to go back and buy old consoles if they wanted to catch up on the previous games, which is not cool. However, Square Enix has denied – or not Square Enix specifically, Tetsuya Nomura denied that they were doing that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of still up in the air about what Kingdom Hearts 2.9 is. Um other things we know are that Kingdom Hearts 3 reportedly will have multiplayer and they're in talks with Pixar. Pixar. Yeah, it's previously just been Disney and Square Enix, but Pixar has been owned by Disney for years and years, yes. so I think they're finally getting it on the game. Kingdom Hearts just got 100% more interesting to me. I know, <laughs> right? I know. Although I think I'm so pumped. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Simone. Um, Sorry. 2.9 seems like a weird name to me. Like, I hate it. It's a Square Enix thing, and I hate it. <laughs> like, Thanks, Square. <laughs> why 2.9? Like, like maybe 2.5 To ruin my life. They already have 2.5. It is the HD remake of Kingdom Hearts 2 oh, <laughs> for the okay. PlayStation 3. All right. <sighs> because, well, guess... you know, they're running out of points in there. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do yeah, something. No. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, Agony. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure what the multiplayer will be if we know whether it's co-op or online multiplayer, but I'm I'm into it. I'm I can't into imagine it. you make a game like that and not have co-op. Oh my god, someone could freaking play Donald and then he could actually heal you instead of just letting you die. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I have not played, so I okay. Did not know that you don't that know how bad Donald is at doing his <laughs> job. Well, I don't know. Donald was bad at a lot of things in the cartoons. You know, maybe it's always on purpose then. Getting into trouble. Some character. Yeah. Okay. So. I'll be done talking now. Yes. (laughs) Our main topic today, and, you know, which relates to our guest, Christine Wechner, she works at a company called Groundspeak. So, can you tell us what Groundspeak is? Right. Groundspeak is the essentially the parent company for geocaching. We go by Geocaching HQ locally. We're a Seattle company, and this is actually the 15th year of geocaching. Wow. Both the game and the company that runs geocaching.com. Cool. So what is geocaching? Geocaching is an outdoor treasure hunting game that's played all over the world. It bridges technology with the outdoors. So people go outside with their smartphone or GPS device and find uh, hidden treasures, containers that are hidden by other people with a logbook and oftentimes trinkets or prizes inside. Cool. And you have really cool keychains. <laughs> I know, because I got some when I visited you guys. <laughs> right. So how many have you done now, Simone? Uh, I've, I've really only done a couple because there was a time like right after we visited them, um, we, we, da- we actually did, I think, the, the HQ one like in Fremont. And that was really cool. And the one that's right under – I won't say where. It's, you know, <laughs> it's in the Fremont area. There's a puzzle. It was very cool. It was like solving riddles, which I love. Um, and then I did a couple that I found like on my way home. So I'd be driving and I'd look up, you know, okay, what are the geocaches around the Bothell area? And oh, there's one at this really cool park. And wow. so I just drive to the park and I went and I found the geocache. And that that's, I think, what I like most about it is it kind of, it, 
it's it can be really a, an abbreviated kind of adventure experience, you know, in the neighborhood that you live in. And then there are also a lot that are more, you know, long, right, where you go hiking and stuff. Yeah, there's all different kinds. There's um something for almost everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some people like to play the game where they see how many geocaches they can find just yeah. in general. Some people try to find one every single day or have wow. streaks. Oh, Other gosh. people look for certain kinds. Like you said, you like to solve puzzles. There mm-hmm. are geocaches that are just puzzles. Um, I personally like to do it when I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to do it on vacation. That's usually when I have spare time and I'm looking <laughs> for new places to go. Yeah. Um, you get digital icons, souvenirs, mm-hmm. kind of little rewards for places that you've gone. Cool. Both states what's and countries. What's the favorite one that you've ever done? Oh, I did a really cool one in Germany. Um, and I must say that because I was visiting and only there for a short amount of time, uh, my hosts, people who had hidden the cache, cut out the first part of it because it was a really long uh, mystery puzzle oh. cache. So I did the final stages, which was pretty cool. You went around, collected a PIN code, you picked up a key card, and ultimately led you to a bank, mm. which I'm thinking, what the heck? Oh my gosh, <laughs> is this legal? What are we doing? <laughs> so we swipe the... Yeah, you find a million dollars, put it in a briefcase, and leave the country. <laughs> no, I should know, but it's, it's all done with the land manager permission and right. property owner nice. permission. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go to the bank, we use the key card to get in, then we type in a PIN code at a safety deposit box room, which it opens this automatic sliding door. We go into this little room, the door closes behind <gasps> us and frosts over. Oh no, <laughs> wow. I'm thinking, what are we doing? Um, you type in another code and the automatic safety deposit box machine brings you down your safety deposit box and it opens and that itself is the geocache. That huh. is too so cool. Signed a logbook, um, left some little tokens and trade items. This particular one uh, had a little donation bin. The fellow said, you know, I'm paying for this. If you want to contribute anything, Aww. you could leave some some euros. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. <laughs> wow. I love that about it, that it's so it's so community-driven. And I know, you know the, the basic rule is, you know, if you take something from a cache, you should put something in of equivalent value. And it, usually it's little stuff, right? Like little tiny toys and right. baseball cards and stuff. but Generally not hugely valuable yeah. <laughs> items. Every yes. now and then people will put some money in or um, mm-hmm. it's you get good bragging rights if you are the first to find. So that's oh. A, oh. a saying, I was first to find. <laughs> and oftentimes there will be a special gift or treat for that person who's the first to find. You get a special geocoin or some kind of oh, little reward. Cool. cool. <sighs> awesome. Have you done it, Nicole? I haven't. Oh. Although you're telling me that there's stuff in parks and Bothell. Oh, yeah. Sounds <laughs> like it's something I should do. You know what you <laughs> should do? Uh, we actually just updated our free app. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, just the geocaching app. It's on iPhone and Android. It is a much improved user experience. So it would cool. be great for that. And um, yeah, it's always just interesting if you download it for free, you can create a free account. And even if you don't go out to find any, when you're up in Bothell, you could open the app and see what's near you. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably be amazed thinking, what, yeah, there's one yeah. right across the street? Or I walk past there every single day and I had no idea. Anna would love it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Although maybe when she's a little older. Yeah, because I, I think it might send the wrong message, like that she can <laughs> just go up to things and take them. Or, like, look anywhere, like, go into people's yards and that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, she's – we don't do the free-range parenting thing. At least not yet. Um, (laughs) 
but yeah, I mean, she kind of has trouble with that already. Like, she doesn't steal things really, but like other parents, when we're in the park together, like she will mooch food off of everybody. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't matter if I bring her favorite crackers and her favorite fruit and her favorite drink; she will still go mooch it's food. Someone off else's of everybody food else. that makes it even tastier. I know. One of my friends was like, "Here, just put it in my bag, and you know, we'll just trick her that way." Um, but no, I haven't awesome. done one. I want to. I think that that would be super cool. Um, so you brought a box. So what are the some of the things in this box? And tell us how they relate right. to geocaching. I, I brought just some example geocache okay. containers <laughs> to give you an idea of, of what they might look like. Oftentimes they're urban caches that are sometimes smaller. Mm-hmm. It could be a little magnetic box that opens and it's underneath a park bench. Um, if you are somewhere where there's more space... Um, Maybe a little farther from the city, there's room for a larger container. A traditional geocache size might be a small Tupperware lock-and-lock box Mm -hmm. um, or something larger like an ammo can that is repurposed as a geocache. So we like people to label them geocache so it's Mm -hmm. clear. There's always a logbook or something to sign. And then depending on how much room there is, then there's room for the extra trinkets and trackables and um, swag items. Oh. Very cool. We tried to do a trackable, Kesey and I, when we were <laughs> going to Paris. Last um, year. Last April. Yeah. Like in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> and Courtney actually, Courtney put it somewhere. I think it was here in the U District. It was one that's very close to this office. Not um, anymore. They're doing construction now. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what happened to it. Oh, no. <laughs> but um, it, it went like all of weird because she was tracking it online because there, there's a serial number that you can put into the website and follow them and she tracked it like all the way across the US and then like back to Seattle and then I think it eventually went to Europe it as far as I know is not in Paris yet and I <laughs> oh, I was hoping it would be there like by the time we got there but it, it was still really cool to like follow it and see where people were taking it and leaving it because people you know they'll take it and they'll tr- drop it off in another location and ideally it will end up like in the location where you are sending it to but it is all totally reliant on where people are leaving them yeah we did a mm-hmm. contest at work to see this was two years ago um we all released a trackable into the wild oh. and i should say trackables are these little items with a unique six-digit alphanumeric tracking code on them mm-hmm. that you can enter um, into the geocaching site and then track its movements, set a goal for it, see everyone else who's moved it, mm-hmm. and a map of where it's traveled. Um, so we did a contest at work to see, okay, can we release these now and see if they will travel around the world and come back in time Ooh. for the geocaching block party, which was um, in August at the time. And I actually won. Nice. (laughs) My trackable tag had the the most miles logged. A lady flew up from somewhere in the south uh, just to hand deliver it for that final leg. That is so cool. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So you don't have to leave them in the same place. You can move them. Right. So a geocache container should stay in the same place. Oh, Okay. Mm -hmm. Your daughter shouldn't take that. Right, right. <laughs> yes. But a trackable yes. tag she could take and you could log it online and move it to a new geocache. Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. I was a little confused about how that works. There are many little moving parts. Right. So nice. It's kind of a game piece within geocaching. I'd say for a new geocacher, start by just finding a traditional geocache. Yeah. And yeah. then kind of next level, try a multi-cache or a puzzle cache and yeah. trackables. Yeah. 
We were hearing about all these cool ones. Like, in Germany specifically, I think, some of the really epic ones that are long and, like, based on things. Like, I heard about a James Bond one or something that sounded so cool. The safety deposit box kind of sounds like James Bond. (laughs) Some are just so amazing because they're Mm -hmm. built by engineers. So there's so many different ways to play the game and the community is pretty diverse with this similar mission. Uh-huh. Um, so there's people who love to go find as many caches as they can. There's some people who really just care about the creativity of making mm-hmm. them and owning something that other people get to enjoy. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely a lot of creativity in the community. Yeah. So how do you think geocaching kind of parallels with video games? Like what are some of the things they have in common? Yeah, definitely the sense of adventure and gaming and that sense of accomplishment. I think that's what you look for in a game is something that's challenging but not too challenging. Right. (laughs) You want to be achievable and get that sense of accomplishment. So um, geocaching definitely has that. Um, It also has the the technology in terms of the the apps for your smartphone, Um, yet it gets you outdoors, which is where it varies from traditional video gaming. You can go outside and play this game at the same time. So you're getting some mm-hmm. exercise. People do it to lose weight. People do it for, um, like, rehabilitation reasons. There's okay. geocaches that are accessible by wheelchairs, and they're flagged oh, wow. as such. Wow. Yet there's also geocaches that are really extreme, and you need um, special equi- equipment to go get at the top of a mountain. Oh, wow. <laughs> some you have to climb or use a kayak to get to. Wow. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. That is awesome. Like you mentioned about some of them are like puzzle like. Mm-hmm. You did too, right, Simone? Yeah. What do you what what were some of the puzzle like? I just want to know. Like what were some of the puzzle sure. ones? Do I did wanna... one locally that yeah. stumped me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was I believe it was actually an uh it may have been an earth cache. There's a cache type that you don't find a container, you go find a geological structure or you learn about um oh. a, a earth formation or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um so there was one in particular where you're looking for this giant, giant boulder, but you have to solve a puzzle to get the final coordinates. Oh, so you don't actually okay. know where you're going until you hopefully solve the puzzle <laughs> correctly and then get the true coordinates. Um, and I just could not figure out this puzzle. I showed my husband and his coworkers, and they're all engineers. Um, <laughs> and it turned out his coworker's son, who's a college student, was the one who figured it out. It's this numeric puzzle and you assume that you're trying to solve a math problem, and it's not at all. Instead, you're supposed to – it's the way you look at it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see, like, a number hidden in the formation, something yeah. like that. That one totally stumped me because I was thinking down the path of, we have to do some really complex math here. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. But- I played a game like that recently on the iPad called Device 6. So there was a puzzle where I thought – almost the opposite of that. I thought that it was one of those, like, visual puzzles where you, like, unfocus your eyes and then you see something pop out at you. It was just, like, looking at the picture in a certain way. And I was yeah. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not all that challenging geocaches. Yeah, I mean, really some depends. of them are. Others you do maybe a, a large-scale Sudoku puzzle mm-hmm. or others could be as simple as uncoding, like, matchup this musical artist with his real name. Yeah, um, yeah. Just kind of easy little puzzles. 
cool. One of the ones I did around Bothell, it, it had like a just a, a riddle to figure out whether you needed to walk north or south or something like that. And and that that was really simple and nice. And then the one in Fremont that we did involved like using a, a keypad on the thing <laughs> to put in the right numbers and colors. I'm trying to be vague so yeah. that if someone wants to do it, I'm not totally spoiling it. But you had to press the right keys in the right order to unlock a thing, right. which That's had the cool geocache one. inside. I love that one. Oh, it was so cool. Being told to go north or south, is that would stump me. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's why there's I'm a compass on your like, phone. I know we're in the west. Would you know what? It's it's the streets here in Seattle, which are very different. I moved up from San Francisco a couple <laughs> years ago. So the streets here, the street names are like contradictory to each other. Like I'll be going on south 43rd street northeast and um what does that mean <laughs> like you might as well just get all directions in there and we can just stay where we are like I, it's it's baffling to me that there are you know southwest north there's something mm-hmm. there's one of those things in every single street here it drives me nuts or I, when you have cross streets that are the same number exactly yeah. whoa 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 65th north and 65th West. Yes. <laughs> that happens a lot, like at my house, even, um, because mm-hmm. we're a place as opposed to a street. And people oh. get confused in trying to find that. And sometimes, like, I'm visiting moms that kind of live in, like, new developments. Mm-hmm. And so they're not on Google Maps yet. And it's just insane. I just cannot <laughs> find them. It's like, can't follow the street numbers because they switch from street to place and then street and way and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, really? Welcome not to mention to when Seattle. you yeah, not to mention when you use your GPS and uh, it gives you the best route or the fastest route, which is this crazy bumpy back road <laughs> yeah, where you're yeah. thinking, where am I driving? Or there's a yes. mountain in the way or a body of water. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I'm still learning all of that, which is why the north south thing. Well, if you geocache, you will explore and learn new things about your environment. <laughs> yes, there yes. you go. <laughs> I'm just curious, what park in Bothell was your thing? Um, there, there's one at Juanita Bay. Okay, or, and then there's also one at uh, Bothell Landing. Okay, and then there's one in the business park. As well, right by my house. Oh. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never go by your house very much. Well, that's because you hate me and like to avoid me. No, I never knew where you where you lived until like you, you know told where me. the pub is. <laughs> yeah, you know that. And then you also told me that you were near the post office, and I'm like, oh, hey, yeah. I actually went to the post office, which is not something I do very often. Um, oh, if I only ever. go to the post office at Christmas. <laughs> And then I spend at like 40 hours a week there. So Wow. Have you heard of oh. Amazon? <laughs> Never in my life. <laughs> you can ship things directly to the people so you don't have to go to the hey. post office. Hey. <laughs> Some of us do our Christmas shopping by hand. Oh, like, God. I do Like not. our ancestors. <laughs> I do not. I stay away from all malls, targets, you name it during the holiday you season if I can. Than me. If I can, Smart. I do that. Yes. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we get on these tangents all the time, um, but I think that's what keeps us interesting and why people listen. So, right uh, we have we have let us know if that's why Chrissy and Kizzy across the room at each other <laughs> because Kizzy does not like geocaching. I don't. So. I like the idea of geocaching, but I think. I don't like doing it in my neighborhood, maybe because my neighborhood isn't very safe. I don't know. It's It makes me uncomfortable to go out in front of people or, like, 
to go to places that I'm not comfortable with in my neighborhood because I don't know. I like, totally it, understand. I'm like under the highway and everything. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Especially going alone is sometimes right, intimidating. Yeah, totally. Not knowing where you are, or what you're looking for alone is not as much fun. I yeah. find when you have a group to go with or someone um, – like, I usually go on vacation when I'm with my family and we're looking together. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really fun Definitely. to do with with people. Definitely. And, yeah. like, I like the idea of going on a hike or something and, you know, in the mountains or if you're on vacation, then I would definitely do it then. But, yeah. Finding something. Finding a treasure <laughs> at the end of your hike. Yeah. Well, the U District isn't really a nice place to do anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. We did have a little in-house work competition oh, yeah. um, one summer. Uh, I can't recall, recall the requirements, but it was something like find as many as many geocaches as you can in this time period. And so under those requirements, I felt kind of forced to like go find some alone really yeah. early before yeah. work or, you know, we can certainly geocache um, a little bit during work, but in the sake of for the sake of competition, <laughs> I was definitely kind of snooping around in the early hours thinking this would be a lot more fun if I was with friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, when you go geocaching, there's this, there's a saying that you meet the friendliest people geocaching, which is totally is true. true. The community mm-hmm. itself is very warm and inviting, and lots of people have made friends or gotten married um, wow. just within geocaching. Yeah, when we went last year, the mm-hmm. one in Fremont, we actually met a bunch of really cool people who were, like, way better at it than we were. <laughs> they flew in from Vancouver, I yeah, think. Yeah, like on a helicopter or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wow. was really cool. <laughs> that just for that specific cache, I think yeah. they were, like, making the pilgrimage to Geocaching HQ. Oh. And they were like, oh, my God, this is just so awesome. <laughs> and there were also – there was a family that I met while I was there. I interviewed them, and they had been geocaching, like, for years with their daughter and – you know, it, it just as like a cool a weekend activity for them. And that was that was also very yeah. cool. It is fun for families. I have this little quote that someone wrote in um, about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And she was only writing in to say how much she cannot she cannot express how much our eight year old loves this. The outdoors are his thing. And this just adds a bonus to it with a picture of she and her son. Oh, geocaching. Aww, that's I mean, adorable. cute little things like that. It's, yeah. It's nice to see how geocaching can positively influence people's lives. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a great thing because kids love messing around with technology and they also have such big imaginations. So this idea that like you can use your phone or your parents' phone to find things and like ideally, you know, at that age going as a family to find things, I think that's a really good incentive to get people out of the house and maybe do things that even the parents wouldn't necessarily always make the effort to do because yeah. you're all yeah. you, you have a purpose you're going on an adventure you're not just like wandering aimlessly in the wilderness right. or in your neighborhood etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. wandering so. aimlessly in the wilderness it sounds like my jam <laughs> <laughs> that is your childhood yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean i think people definitely sort of make a split between like smartphone technology for instance and going outside and you don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to make that distinction like this is a really good way of putting them together. And I think kids are good at figuring out new ways to do that. So Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I found another one in, in Germany with my uh, nieces and nephews. And it was a little plastic fake snail at the bottom of a tree. Oh. How, how fun is that for a kid to find? And <laughs> yeah. it was actually a container that opened up. That oh, that is so cool. Yeah, <laughs> Kid-friendly geocache. Do you yeah. see a lot of creative containers like that? Or is it mostly like the Tupperwares? Um, there's a lot of creative ideas, yeah. Even if you go on Pinterest or something, you can yeah. see tons Ooh, of creative ideas. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. 
Cool. So what's some of the best that you've seen then? Mm, there is one in the Wallingford Playfield nearby that I think is one of my go-tos for showing new people what geocaching is. Mm. Um, it's fairly simple but really cool. It's one where you have to pour some water into a tube and then the container floats up. Oh, that's so cool. So, yeah. Just a little unexpected. It has that wow moment. What, yeah. You know, and when you find it, that's the aha. Right, right, wow right. Yeah. Success. That is cool. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, Keezy, have we changed your mind? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I've always kind of been into the idea of geocaching, just not by myself in my neighborhood. And I live alone and I don't drive. So it's kind of like a barrier i guess that's where i like video games better even though i love being outside just yeah. because i get to then go on adventures without putting myself in danger even if it's like <laughs> all in my head danger um, yeah yeah we definitely want people to be safe so yes for follow sure. your instinct <laughs> well, i guess that means we just have to do a pixel can one just you uh, yeah know, i would love to do that again it was so much fun last time we went yeah yeah um so is there anything else christy that you want people to know about um, geocaching yeah definitely um there is we have a program called GeoTours, mm-hmm. which you may or may not be familiar with. But there's one that just launched at Mount Rainier. Um, and there's about worldwide, Dude. we have, I think, a little more than 50 of these GeoTours. And they're mm-hmm. basically a series of geocaches promoting a destination. So um, either it could be somewhere that you happen to be going that has this set GeoTour, or maybe it's a reason to travel. But um, Mount Rainier just launched theirs and it's starting with a series of 25 geocaches that people can go around and you can print a neat little passport off from their website and log the caches when you find them that is awesome so a fun a fun thing to do the next time you go to mount rainier i'm going to mount rainier for the first time for my birthday in a couple weeks yeah i've never been before you didn't have to go on our eighth grade field trip mount st helens oh you're right you're right Never been I'm a mountain. the wrong mountain. Yes. <laughs> we and have so a lot now, of them. So. If, you, if you hadn't noticed, Keezy and Simone went to the same <laughs> schools. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we have known each other since we were in middle school. Yes. For better or for worse. Mostly <laughs> yeah. for better. There are things we don't talk about. <laughs> middle school for worse. After that, for better. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um so, yeah, so anything else besides the geotours? Um, our office is open to visitors. If people nice. um, ever want to stop by, uh, you, we ask people to let us know that they're coming. And we have, we have times that are set up where mm-hmm. you could come to, the, to our, the front of our office, which is where the HQ geocache is. And mm-hmm. we have a photo booth and nice. um, fun things for, for people of all ages to, to do. Um, the website, if you want to reserve a time, is geocachinghq. Dot com and that's cool. just for visitors cool nice. awesome all right chrissy thanks for being yeah, here so now thanks. we're gonna segue into our our other uh god i can't think i'm tired topic now. our other topic <laughs> <laughs> what else we do on this podcast we play we games talk about what we're playing oh no so <laughs> casey please tell me you've been playing something besides dragon age i would Inquisition. tell you that but it's not true oh no <laughs> lie I've been playing a lot of Dragon Age Inquisition. Because <laughs> the new DLC just came out. Uh, we okay. had Yeah, we had one a couple, what, three weeks ago? Something like that. It was really soon. And then we had another one that came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to go on the internet because people will spoil me. Uh, okay. <laughs> Are you enjoying the DLC? I am enjoying it. Very it was cool. so funny yesterday because... I realized at some point Keezy hadn't posted anything on Twitter or Facebook <laughs> or Tumblr, and she wasn't on Skype. And I turned to my roommate Emmett, and I was like, "Should we 
should we check on Keezy? Do you I think gotta she's text okay? it, like <laughs> after midnight because <laughs> I forgot after that. I was like, I should text Keezy and make sure she's alive. <laughs> I was like, what if she got kidnapped and died while she's hiding from Dragon Age spoilers? What would I do? I would never know because she's not online. <laughs> it's true. I hadn't seen anybody since, like, Friday night. Yeah, you've yeah. been in seclusion. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I remember those days. Unfortunately, I can't do that anymore. Can't be in seclusion. Never. I would I'm go sure crazy if I was. <laughs> In seclusion with a three-year-old. <laughs> That's just not something you do. You leave her out do. of it. She can fend for herself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, we do this kind of like almost jokey-ish thing that actually gets her to do what we want her to do. I'm like, okay, I'm going. You stay there if you want to. I'm going. So, and then I start to walk down the stairs or whatever nice. and she's like, ah, no. That wouldn't have worked on me. I would have stayed. <laughs> I was wow. a bad child. It's funny. My two-year-old's just at the point of anything we suggest is she wants the opposite. Like, oh, yes. here, do you want the blue one? No. I yes. remember Anna being in that yeah. stage. Is she still on that stage? No, not really. She uh, She's very good. We well, we got good at just sort of giving her choices as opposed to saying you want this. Yeah. So I'm like, these are it. Pick one. <laughs> Sometimes she decides she doesn't want anything. And I say, well, tough. These are the choices. <laughs> Pick one. It's like for dinner. I'm like, you can have this or you can have that. And she'll be saying, I don't want to have dinner. And I'm like, that's not a choice. <laughs> this or you can have that. Um, so but usually usually she ends up going with it. The thing that's terrible now is she's tantruming. I'm just inventing oh. that word. She's tantruming really badly like – she doesn't get her way. She will sit down in the floor. Whatever toy is near her is thrown at whatever surface <laughs> is close enough, including myself and my husband. And it's just like we don't know how to deal with it. Like oh, no. I send her to her room. That seems to be the most effective. Um, and sometimes it works in my favor because she'll start crying when I have to send her to her room. She gets so upset. And if it's like – Early afternoonish, she goes to her room. She'll cry, get really tired, and then take a nap. Yes, <laughs> which is awesome because she doesn't take naps anymore, which drives me nuts. Um, uh, so, so yeah, so that's the phase that she's in right now, which is really frustrating. So I don't want to scare you. No. <laughs> you what's tantrums? on the way? I've heard um, the terrible twos are really terrible threes. Yes, I someone referred to it as something. Oh, three nagers. <laughs> three-nagers. Anna is definitely a three-nager oh, for sure. Oh, man. Um, so, so we got off on a tangent there too. Uh, so when I'm listening to this podcast, like tomorrow or over the weekend, Anna's going to be, you're talking about me, mommy. Will so, she um, know that you are accusing her of being overly emotional? <laughs> possibly. I'm not sure. Anyhow, so that's all you're playing. Yes. yes okay. That, that's all I'm doing. <laughs> That's all you're doing, period. <laughs> this is your break. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, Simone. What am I playing? I played episode four of Tales from the Borderlands, and it had a lot of laughs, gore-based laughs, laughs, that I found hilarious. Um, it 
I'm really excited to see how it's going to end. Uh, what else? I started playing episode four of Life is Strange as well, but don't spoil me. I, I will not spoil. I never. I didn't actually finish it. I got okay. like five minutes in, and then people came home, and I was like, "This is kind of a soap opera at this point, and I <laughs> don't really want to play it while all these people are watching me because they will distract me." So I stopped. Um, and then, other than that, I've been playing Tearaway Unfolded. Tearaway Unfolded, uh, which came out yesterday. <laughs> uh, so this. Oh, is I didn't the... even realize that was out. Yeah. You have yeah. you have been wonderfully. You've contained yourself. I have contained myself. Thank you. Well, I did. You notice that I brought my PS4 into work today. I did not notice that. It is sitting by my desk in my backpack. I'm ready to set it up. Uh, at what any was moment. in your backpack? My PS4. I wasn't paying attention to when you're walking in the door. <laughs> you never pay attention to me, Nicole. Yes. Well, except <sighs> when you text me to say you're in awful traffic. I was worried I was going to miss the meeting. Yeah. But then but half me was also like, Nicole hates those meetings. She's not going to make us have a meeting. <laughs> I don't hate the meetings. But second of all, Simone and I drive practically the same way to work, and I did not find myself in traffic at all. There was definitely traffic. I okay. will say that I left considerably later than I should have had I been genuinely serious about making it to the 10 o'clock meeting. However, there was also horrible traffic because the traffic light was out in Bothell and the backup for longer than there should have been. Tearaway Unfolded <laughs> is uh, my favorite game ever. Tearaway for the PS Vita got a PlayStation 4 version. And um, so far, they it's interesting. I re- I'm really interested in what they've changed. A lot of the, the core game is the same. And a lot of the puzzles are the same. Not puzzles, I should say. But, like, the level layouts and stuff are the same. But uh, what they've had to do for the PlayStation 4 version um, is change, like, the the core interaction that you have because on the Vita there's a touchpad on the back and you can tap it and then it'll show an animation of your fingers popping up into the game world and interacting with stuff. Obviously they can't do that with the DualShock 4 controller. So basically the the light mechanic that we've seen is taking the place of your fingers. Um, so where, whereas in the, in the Vita version, you would poke your fingers up and kind of like squash some of the enemies in this version, they've switched over to having the light and using the light to guide the enemies like off a cliff or something or daze them, et cetera, et cetera, or like lead them into traps. And I like it so far. I still, I miss the, the touch interactions, but I'm kind of treating it as a, a different game just cause it has to be. At, yeah. at that point, just because the the hardware is so different, so um, I'm loving it. My, my child, my child Atois is so cute and lovely, <laughs> and the game is cute and lovely, and everything about it is cute and lovely, and yeah. I love it. It was funny the other day when Brianna tweeted that there was only one reason to own the Vita. And I'm like, oh, no. Fight, fight, fight. Oh, Doom Blizzard, I didn't see this. Um, But anyhow, we also had one of the freelancers wrote in and said, I would like to review Tearaway Unfolded. Did you tell them to just bugger off? (laughs) (laughs) No, I was very polite and said, we are reviewing that Mm in-house. But I thought it was very funny. I was like... Like, I wonder if I could play a prank on Simone about oh, this. No. Like, <laughs> you can't review this thing because I already gave it to a freelancer. Oh, sorry, I'm I forgot sorry. you liked this. Yeah. I would. I probably. Well, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Nicole. <laughs> no, I'm not that mean. I'm the world's biggest Terraway fan, and Media Molecule won't acknowledge me except for one time when they faved one of my tweets. So that's well, my sad story. You know, at least they fave one of your tweets. 
what's up? I mean, I it's not completely more, inconsequential. <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted them so much. <laughs> okay, never mind. Anyway. I, take, I take that back. <laughs> They're probably like this this two quasar persons. I go tweeting at us all day. Your poor, their poor community manager is probably like, oh my god. Well, like, I guess I should stop signing my tweets with XOXO heart emoji. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, don't actually do that. <laughs> Okay, as she does the shifty eyes. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, so anything else? Alpha Bear? Alpha Bear. I've been playing Alpha Bear. I finally got to Brainy Boss. He is so hard. He is. <sighs> but you know what? what? He's not as hard as House Boss. No, no. don't tell me that. Uh. I've been stuck on the – it's the people level. I have mm. been stuck there for a while. And the House Boss is actually – he's really hilarious. You know, they give their little taunt. yeah. When you're about to go up against them and he's like, beware, I am an educated upper middle class household. <laughs> I'm like, no. Yeah. He's hard. He's so hard. The board is pretty small and you have to get a crazy, crazy score. Mm. And like I've been leveling up my people, my people bears like constantly. Yeah. Like they're they're my best because they, they start with like crazy, like 600% <gasps> final bonus and plus – Points for like you know I the different that. letters. So I need to take those back and beat some of those old treasure levels. I love the the new update where you can see. We talked about this last week, but where you can see what bears are in each section that you don't yeah. have. So I've been using that and going back and like trying to get the bears that I don't have. Um, yeah, the I'm unicorn. only. I'm only. You got the unicorn. Yeah. yeah, I'm only missing one from the first chapter. I believe just one from the second chapter. Third chapter, I'm missing like two. I don't remember, but um, but yeah, the people chapter. Those bears are crazy. Like I, I use them, them all the time. Is that where you get the French bear? Yeah, de bear, de bear, de bear. Yes, I want de bear. I want him so yes, bad. Yes, de bear gives you more D, but he also has a really high um, final score percentage. But like my favorite from those things is the funky bear. Mm-hmm. Because his art is fabulous. He has an <laughs> afro and a shirt that's like open with like hair on it. Good, um, good. Uh, but he gives you uh, a really huge bonus plus extra bonus for F, U, N, and K. Um, that's funny. And then there's the toddler bear, which is actually really cool because it bans X, Q, Z, and Y. <gasps> so you won't run into those letters. I love that. Yes, I, I do y. too. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Alpha bear strategy meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, you know what? Well, you just spent like ten minutes talking about Terraway, so uh, so I think I apologize. <laughs> I think we're okay. So, Christy, like I told you earlier, you don't have to be playing games to talk about us. So, what interesting have you been reading or watching? Got it. Yeah, my life is pretty busy parenting a one-year-old and a two-year-old, so not much free time for anything. Yeah. Or when I do have free time, I just want to sleep. Um, (laughs) But, you know, when I do have a minute, I, like, match three games. I used to work in casual games, and I thought, who? Who's this market for? And now I'm like, oh, it's, it's me now. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's me now. So in bed I can play some match threes before I fall asleep. Um, so I guess you're the person that would be buying an Apple TV. Can you see yourself playing a match three game with the Apple TV? Okay, thank you. She just shook her head. <laughs> yeah. I, Personally, I feel no. I mean, we have several giant TVs in our house mm-hmm. that never get turned on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the kids are using tablets, right? Or and maybe and at that age, maybe yeah, not. But not really anything yet. Yeah. 
Every now and then, like a bribery YouTube kids song video. <laughs> yeah, that's the way we were with Anna when she was younger too. Yeah, but now she's. Um, I write a column called Anna's Apps, where video column and written column, where I talk about apps that she likes. So she's a test subject awesome. and a very spoiled test subject yeah, every fun. day now. <laughs> Mommy, can we download a new app? She's had a new app almost almost every day, or probably every two or three days for like the last three weeks. Wow! I'm like, no. Like, look at all these apps that you have. And I didn't move them into her folder. Like, so they're just out on the iPad. So I can no. just show her the screen. Look at all these apps that you have. Like, Oh, yeah. my gosh. So, um, but she asked to have a game moved into her folder. She actually asked me. She's like, Mommy, can I move this to my folder? And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine. It's a really cute game called Buddy and Me. It's oh, like yeah? an endless runner. Um with a little animal that looks like, uh, kind of looks like uh, Falcor from the uh, Never Ending Story, <laughs> like the luck dragon type yeah. thing. And he like flies with you and you're running. And okay. it's super cute. I'm probably actually eventually going to do an Anna's apps on it because she loves it mm-hmm. and it's super cool. Um, but yeah, I let her move that. And I actually need to do some organization and move <laughs> some of those into her folder because they're all over the place. And uh, that's messy for me. Um so, so yeah, what she's been, been play- playing. <sighs> she's been playing um, these Dino Tales and I think it's Lion Tales. Okay. Um, kids apps. They're actually aimed at kids a little bit older mm-hmm. than she is, but she's able to get around pretty well, or at least you know, hey, look, I can touch the lion and feed him, and you know, even if she doesn't like know what she's mm-hmm. going on, trying to read things. Um, and she just got a new Daniel Tiger app, which is exploring the neighborhood. You can, like, go into the bakery and make a cake, which is why I said frosting and cakes <laughs> earlier as far as the drawing. So that's what she's into right now. Um, but that seems like a kind of um, – I don't want to say dumbed down. But a light version of Toka City Life, with, which is amazing, and I will be doing an Anna's apps on it very soon. Um so, yeah, so she's back on Daniel Tiger for a little bit, which is okay because <laughs> Daniel Tiger's good. Um, but me, uh, I have been playing Lara Croft Go. Yay. Which is the latest mobile game in the Tomb Raider franchise, except for this is nothing like you would expect from Tomb Raider. There is some shooting, but not anything that you do on your own. It just sort of happens. So the thing that's really cool about this is um, it's inspired by Hitman Go, if mm-hmm. anybody has played that. So it's a puzzle game. It's actually like it's – you probably call it turn-based puzzle game. So there's a path like with little dots along it and Laura can only move one dot at a time. And so when you run up to enemies such as snakes or spiders or something other, they – will move the same way. Okay, snakes don't move. They stay in one place. But they will move the same way. So you take a step, the spider will take a step. You take a step, the spider will take a step. So you have to figure out, like, getting the creature in the right place for you you to be able to dispatch it or get it to do what you want it to do. Kind of like sit on a button that gives you a platform or things like that. Um, And then the other thing with the creatures is that you, you can only attack them from the side or behind. So if you run into a node 
when they're on the next node and they can see you, you're dead. Oh, okay. uh, but if you can work your way around them to the side or the behind, then you will shoot them. Okay. And the other thing that you can do is you have a torch and the animals are all scared of the torch. So this works in getting animals to sit on buttons as well. Is like you can walk up to a snake. Even if he's facing you, he's not going to hurt you. But he'll move back. If there are steps for him to move back, he will move back. Same thing with the spider. They'll, they'll just keep moving back. And so you can sit them on a, on a button because the spiders don't – or the snakes don't move. And then you can take off and do what you need to do because you've moved him to the right nice. place. Okay. Um, and things it has in common with other Tomb Raider games, ton of collectibles, ton of collectibles. And I – even after I finished the game, I was going back trying to find some of those collectibles. The funny thing is, is when I started playing it, Anna was sitting next to me. Uh, on the couch when I was playing it. She yeah. was actually watching Daniel Tiger or something and she stopped to watch me play this game. And uh, like I touched a pot and the treasure came up and she's like, oh, what's that? You know, <laughs> sparkly jewel. And I'm like, yeah, that's treasure. Like we find them in the game. And she's like, I want to find treasure. And so she was actually helping me. <laughs> she should geocache. She should. <laughs> she should. Yeah, absolutely. She was actually helping me because she was seeing the pots in places I wasn't seeing them. That is so cool. Yeah. So yeah. she was finding things for me, which Yay. is super cool. Mm-hmm. Super cool. And is this on iPad? It is on iPad and also Android devices. Ooh, okay. So <laughs> I highly recommend it. My review is coming later this week. I was writing it right before the podcast. So, yeah, I just – I love it. I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, the puzzles are kind of the right level of challenging, mm-hmm. like enough to make you kind of sit back and have to think about it a few times mm-hmm. and maybe do the wrong thing a few times. Like, Laura, she can die, but it's not like you missed a jump, so she's dying in a you yeah. pit of spikes. There's none of that. <laughs> so the way that she would die would be like – you accidentally are taking a step into the path of a boulder, which is going to roll on top of you um, or things like that. Or you get in front of one of the enemies and yeah. they just take you out. Um, but, yeah, it's super cool. I just I, – I love it. I cannot say enough good things about it. There is no story, but there does not need to be story. Um, one thing that's kind I, – I wouldn't say it's annoying. It was kind of funny for me is sometimes when she's going up a ledge, she will grab the ledge and do that crazy like – stand uh handstand kick her legs slowly and you know come over that's like a big move that she did in like all the old games it was just like let's watch her do this like kind of thing and every once in a while she will do that and i'm pretty sure it's just a joke that the developers put in there (laughs) to just like see who remembers that thing yeah yeah it it was happening for me and i'm like oh come on i don't want to watch her do this like really um but yeah i mean it didn't happen very often it was just you know here and there probably like three or four times during the entire game all right all right but yeah yeah that was doable it was really funny um so what else? Alpha Bear, as we were already discussing. <sighs> Alpha Bear. House Bear is is getting me. I like I'm kind of I would really like to get hit past him because I'm kind of like ready to move to the next level yeah. because I'm kind of getting a little bored with the bears I've got now. So yeah. Nothing can sate your lust for new bears. It can't. <laughs> Um, I hope Spry Fox is planning to update that game for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I've – and I've never even gotten close. Like, I got in the blue egg, which people who play Alpha Bear know what that means. <laughs> so the 
the goal is to get a gold egg, but if you get the blue egg, like both of those give you bears. Stuff. Yeah. So if you get the same bear that you already have, that bear levels up. If you get a new bear, you get a new bear. Um, but yeah, I've never gotten even close to the gold on that one. Like I get a blue one every time. Never even close to the gold. I'm like halfway between the blue and the gold no. every time. And I'm like, man, how the heck am I going to do this? I'm going to have to keep playing <laughs> and leveling up my bears for like a year. Well, that's probably an exaggeration. But leveling up my bears for a really long time. I bet that. you'll have it by next week. <laughs> we'll see. I've been playing it for a while and have not been successful. And then always Hearthstone, Hearthstone, Hearthstone. I have had super bad luck in Hearthstone this week. Like, it's just like I'm not drawing you the can't right pull cards. them out. <laughs> I actually had enough dust to craft a legendary. So I'm all excited Uh-oh. about getting my, into new, dust. my new legendary guy. Okay, so dust is something no, you get. No, we already explained okay. dust. <laughs> Anyhow, you used us to craft new cards there. So I crafted a new legendary guy yes. who seems really cool to me because he starts out with seven attack and seven health, and he gains one attack and one and plus one health every single turn. So not even every your turn, just oh, every God. single turn. So I'm like, this guy is awesome. Like, I'm going to totally, like, just rule Decimate. with him. And both times he came out and I played him, the other player pulled out a faceless manipulator, which is a card that allows you to copy any <gasps> other no. minion on the board. So he got copied immediately. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Like, this is so not fair. Oh, my God. <laughs> But yeah, so it's that gonna... you get your hubris is being punished. <laughs> I guess I don't know. It's been well. I'm sorry you're having a rough week for Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah, uh, sometimes well, it happens. Like yeah. you know, my husband it happens to him too. Is sometimes you know there's a little bit of luck involved because mm-hmm. you can sometimes just not get the cards that yeah. you need, and other people other get great person, cards. <laughs> yeah, gets exactly the cards that they need. So, All right. um, and I think that that is it. Christy, thanks so much for being here. And I'm totally going to try some geocaching now. Do it. Yeah, thanks Do for having it. me. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> nice to have you. Um, and we're going to wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Pixelkin underscore org or at Gaming with Moms. You can also find us on Facebook, uh, just at Pixelkin. We post all kinds of things about the stories that we write there on Facebook. So I highly recommend you check it out, including the fact that we are giving away some beta keys for Gigantic, which is, is a great new kind of MOBA, non-BOBA that I got to play at PAX and is super fun. So they're in closed beta right now, and we have keys to give away to people. So you should totally find that post Mm -hmm. and comment on it and comment intelligently and read the story (laughs) first. (laughs) Um, And if you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can send those to hello at pixelkin.org. And we are not getting enough of those. I cannot stress this enough. It's like totally the opposite problem. Like when I did Girl Fight back in the day, we would have like – so many questions, and I'd only have time to get through 10 of them. And so I got a huge backlog. We were trying to answer every single one. Yeah. I got a huge backlog where, unfortunately, somebody that was in the backlog asked a question about something we had just talked about, and it became completely irrelevant later. Oh, no. So I had to, like, respond to the person. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we didn't answer your question. Um, Too late. Yes. Yeah, so we've got the opposite problem here. So 
I know that there are some old Girl Fight listeners out there because they have told me that they're listening. So you guys should think of questions and mm-hmm. send them in. So anyhow, hello at pixelkin.org. And we have a YouTube channel of which we are not going to give you the URL because it is too long. But you can go to YouTube and search for Pixelkin and you will find us with mm-hmm. no problem. Christy, can you give us the names of your app and website and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. Uh, You can go to the app stores and look for the geocaching app. The free geocaching intro app um, is a great place to start. It's a a great user experience. We've just put some work into making it it an even cooler experience. So I'd recommend that. Um, And you can also visit geocaching.com and... We have a great blog as well, geocaching blog. And you do like a geocache of the week? Yep, geocache of the week. We give awards to geocacher of the month. Um, The blog is really cool. There's great stories about amazing experiences Mm -hmm. um, geocaching. It's a good way to find good caches. Awesome. Uh, So I think that's it. We're going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with you next week. This podcast was recorded in the studios of the Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle, Washington.